Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to uh, address the issue of Christian apologetics. Christian apologetics. And for those that listen to this show, you are at this point uh, knowledgeable to an extent about apologetics. But since we're starting off a new year, I wanted to make sure that our foundation was established and that we uh, fully understand what apologetics is all about. The word apologetics is the English form of the word apologia, which is the Greek word apologia, which means defense. Uh, It carries this notion of the ability to, uh, to defend the faith. Uh, that's been given to us and left to us by God through the apostles. So when we talk about Christian apologetics, we're talking about a defense, a rational defense of the faith, the ability to give the why of why we believe. Why do you read your Bible? Why do you pray? Why is Jesus the only way to heaven? Why Should I uh, give my hard-earned money to God in the form of tithes? All of these questions are valid, and someone needs to be able to answer it. And so God has left us here as apologists in the plural form uh, to give the why of what we believe. Uh, Number one, those inside the church uh, need answers to their questions. And definitely those outside the church need answers to their questions. And when we talk about giving answers, we're not saying that any one person has all the answers. So as a Christian family, no one person has all the answers. But yet within the household of faith, if there are questions being asked outside of the category of miracles, if there are questions being asked, the church ought to give a response. So if I don't have the answer, then I need to speak with someone uh, with wisdom, someone uh, who's filled with the Spirit, someone who is sound in their doctrine, and I need to have those people in my orbit, in my circle of friends, uh, in my contacts, the people that we can call and, and, and debate when I say debate, not in a negative way, but to uh, talk about theological matters with. We need those type of people in our lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, when Jesus was here with, uh, walking with the uh, disciples, they always debated. They, they always uh, came up with theological matters. They would ask some things like, Master, uh, when the time comes, who's going to sit on your right hand? And, and Jesus will respond to them. Um, when, when, um, they had questions about eternal life, uh, they would ask Jesus when they had questions about, 
uh, sanctification, they would ask Jesus. And so God is not intimidated by questions. As long as we're sincere, as long as uh, we are lovers of truth, and as long as we revere him in the process, God has no issue with it. This is why he's able to say, come, let us reason together. God is not flustered by our questions. He knows everything. Even before we ask it, God knows it. So as a church, he's called us. He's called us number one to go. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And he says to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things uh, whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you all the way. And so you may be saying, well, is this charge for everybody or is it just for the apostles? And the question is, or the answer rather, is it's for everyone. And we know this as prescriptive, meaning that it's binded upon all believers. All believers are to witness. We know this fact because we see the principles in multiple scriptures. We see it in Acts 1 and 8, where Jesus says, and ye should be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. Jesus wants us to go. And so in today's uh, society, um, your Jerusalem may not be the physical Jerusalem, but your neighborhood, your community, your, uh, um, your clubs, wherever you spend the most time, and then um, Judea, those, those, that region or that area uh, uh, that you may call associates. You may not see them as much, but wherever you go, God wants us to not only be ready to witness, but to be ready to give a response, a biblical response to life's questions. A few years ago, um, it's been about maybe 15 years ago now, um, we had a social media platform and different people would pose questions on there and they, they, they would uh, share their questions and they would ask me, um, different questions about life, and um, they wanted a biblical response. And so uh, I made it a point to respond to everybody's questions as much as I could. But you will be uh, surprised, amazed about the things that you may know, you take for granted, but other people necessarily may not know the answer to these questions. I was doing a workshop uh, one year, and uh, we talked about abstinence, and we talked about uh, why God desires for us to keep ourselves into marriage. And uh, during one of the uh, breaks, a young lady walked up to me, and uh, she asked me if she could ask me a question, and I, and I said, sure. And she revealed to me that my statement about abstinence was something she's never heard before. She said in her family, everybody uh, have premarital relations before they get married. And so me sharing this biblical truth um, was a novelty to her. It was something new. She wasn't raised up that way. So I had to share with her the way of the scriptures more perfectly. And uh, she appreciated 
uh, the knowledge that God has a standard for our lives. God uh, has principles that he wants all of us to follow. And long as we're able to share it in love and, and for people to know that we actually care about them, that's what matters. Again, it doesn't matter how much you, uh, um, how much you know if people don't know how much you care. Or let's say it a different way. People don't care how much you know uh, until uh, they, they know how much you care. That is the important aspect of our Christian walk. So back to apologetics. We see in our culture uh, that people want to do what they want to do. But yet there are many more people who are seeking. They're seeking answers. Uh, They're seeking uh, remedies. They're seeking solutions. They have questions about all aspects of life. What do we do with death? What do we do with birth? What do we do with marriage? What do we do with uh, parenting? What do we do with money? What do we do with the afterlife? All of these are questions that every culture has to deal with. And if you look at history, uh, those that are cultural uh, anthropologists, they'll tell you that every civilization um, since early days, since the uh, ancient days, every civilization created the, their own system to try to make sense of the world. But we're not deists. God did not create humanity for them to stumble around, for them to uh, try to figure out on their own life's purposes. God saved us. God redeemed us. God created humanity with a manual. When God created Adam, he had a plan in mind. When Adam sinned, he had a plan in mind. So God did not create us and then leave us to run our own lives, as Deus would argue. God did not wind us up like a toy and say, okay, now that you wound up, you're in charge of your own life, your own existence. What am I saying? I'm saying that God has spoken. We have the Bible, which is uh, the basic instruction before leaving earth. That's the acronym a lot of people use. We have the Bible, and God has already spoken. We need to know what God's answers are to our lives, and how do we find out what God is saying in relationship to our lives, we have to first read the Bible. We have to study the Bible. We have to pray. Then we have to actualize the principles from the Bible. We have to implement it. So when we're talking about Christian apologetics, I'm not talking about those that uh, stay in the ivory towers and uh, philosophize and, and debate one another. And there's a place for that. But I'm talking about reaching everyday people. There are people in our lives who have questions, and they should be able to come to the Christian to get a, a biblical answer to their questions, not based on our own understanding, not based on what we think, but what is God saying? How do we respond to those uh, that uh, tell our children that uh, believing in God it's not scientific enough that believing in God means that you have to abandon your logic. How do we respond to that? 
And if we do not train ourselves in order to train and raise up our children, they will get caught up in the arguments of the secular world. And it's not enough just to say, uh, have faith. Yes, we have faith. We have faith while we're reading, while we're studying. We have faith while we're witnessing. But even with faith, God expects us to do our part. And this is why many young people, young adults are leaving the church uh, because their particular church didn't give them uh, an environment where they can ask the questions of life, the questions that are being uh, posed to them outside of the church walls, the questions about, do, does God exist? How do we know that God exists? What evidence do we have that God exists? And, and again, there's nothing wrong with those questions. Those are sincere questions that people have. Apologetics helps to remove uh, some of the stumbling blocks that sincere people have about God. And we have to take time to uh, make sure that we are reading the Bible, that we're studying the Bible. And then we also study in life. You're looking at the world, not through my own paradigm, but through a Christian worldview. This is what apologetics helps us with, answering these questions that come um, by the way of life, and we can't escape it. So if we're not prepared to ask, answer questions, uh, we need to ask ourselves then, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, even with my own children, uh, they, they challenge me. Uh, children uh, come up with all kinds of questions. Do pets go to heaven, as an example? Uh, who created God? Um, would there be food in heaven? All of these are good questions, and it's, it's not acceptable for us to bumble our way through these questions. And the people that are close to us, they know when we're being fraudulent. So we need to make sure that we're reading the Bible, that we're studying the Bible, and we're giving people an opportunity to, um, uh, to have them be in a place where their questions are being answered. And if I can't uh, answer someone's questions, I know how to refer people. I know how to recommend other people uh, that are maybe more wise than I am. Again, I, I have connections or I, I go out of my way to find another Christian who is better suited to answer that question. So all of us are called by God to give our apologia. That word apologia, as I said before, is that Greek word, which means defend. And it's found as an example in 1 Peter 3.15, where Peter talks about sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ye ready to always give each man an apologia, a reason, for your, uh, uh, a reason of hope for your faith and to do it with gentleness and respect. 1 Peter 3.15, as an example, is the use of the word apologia. That's where we get the English word apologetics from, the ability to give a defense for why we believe what we believe. Imagine you're in a courtroom and you are a defense lawyer and you have to give a defense of why your client is not guilty. 
while your client is innocent. In the same way, when Paul went uh, and, and talked to the Areopagus on Mars Hill, he was given his apologia. He was able to meet them right where they are. And, and he talked about their religiosity. They were so religious that they had temples dedicated to all types of gods, small g, all, all, all of these demigods that were not really God. But Paul was able to meet them right where they are. And, and he said, even in your own writings, you talk about uh, the unknown God. And so let me reveal this unknown God to you. Since you have a, 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 a temple dedicated to the unknown God, you have the God of, 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 of logic, you got the God of air, you got the God of the ocean, you got the God of the seas, you got the God of, of the elements, you have all of these gods. And you also have this unknown God, just in case you miss any other God. You're so polytheistic, but let me reveal this unknown God to you. Since you, you, you already admit that there is uh, uh, knowledge that you may not be aware of, and you give in vent to this God that you might have missed, there is a God that you've missed, but he's not the God uh, that you may envision. Let me reveal the true and living God to you. And so that's what Paul did in, in Acts 17. He uh, was able to use his apologetical skills to a witness to these individuals. So sometimes uh, it requires the ability to answer questions of children. Sometimes it requires the ability to answer questions of adults. So we have to be ready in every dimension, in every case, whether it's a child or an adult. It doesn't matter. We have to be ready. So are we ready to give each man or woman an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us? And we must do it with gentleness and respect, which, which, um, Peter is saying is, is we can't force people into believing in God. That's not what apologetic does. Apologetics cannot make anyone accept God, but apologetics can help to remove some of the objections someone have about getting to know God. And God wants to use you. God wants you to be on your job because when we go out to share the gospel, invariably, somebody's going to ask the question, why? Why should I follow Jesus and not Buddha? Why should I follow Jesus and not Allah? Why should I follow Jesus and not the New Age theology? So somebody's going to ask the why. And it's up to you. If you don't know the answer immediately, it's okay to say, you know what, I don't have the answer right now, but let me go back and do some research, and I'll come back to you. That's okay. But isn't it a lot better if you've already been studying, if you've already been preparing yourself for God to use you, and, and you've been studying, and so when you encounter different people, 
you have a better chance of being able to answer that question instead of always saying, let me go ask my pastor. Let me go ask my deaconess. Let me go ask so-and-so. It's good for us to also study and let God use us and pull out of us the things we've been studying when we're sharing with other people. A lot of churches are anemic, meaning that um, they specialize in entertainment, but they're flunking the test when it comes to evangelism and when it comes to doctrine. And God is not pleased. All of us that are Christians have been called to give our apologia, to give a defense of our faith, especially uh, now in the 21st century. There's so many false ideologies, so many false pedagogies, so many false uh, doctrines that we must know what the truth is. In order to know what's false, we got to first know the truth. And the truth is the healthy teaching of God's word. That word, healthy, is the Greek word, who gigs. And it, uh, it, it, it means what it says. Sound doctrine is healthy doctrine. This is doctrine that will not make you sick. This is doctrine that doesn't come with any negative side effects. The only side effects that comes with God's healthy uh, doctrine is all good. It's all good side effects uh, when we uh, get into God's healthy doctrine. And for the long run, ultimately, it's for our benefit in the long run when we do it God's way. So apologetics is important. I can't say that enough uh, in, in all forms of life. Even, even at our church, um, we started almost 30-something years ago. And uh, when we first started studying apologetics, um, we, what happened is we encountered uh, different religions on our way to sharing the gospel. And since we didn't know what they believed, we went back. And we researched what their doctrines were, and we tested it by the Spirit of God. And we tested it uh, by God's Word to make sure that what they were advocating was in concert with what God is saying. And in many cases, we found out that it wasn't. So when we studied Mormonism, uh, we we found out that their doctrine in in regards to uh, Lucifer being the spirit brother of Jesus was not sound. When we study Jehovah Witnesses and we learn that they deny the deity of Christ, we find out that that wasn't sound. When we study uh, Islam and, and uh, we discover that they just see Jesus as a prophet, a good prophet, uh, when we, and deny his deity and his salvific effect, we knew that wasn't right. So it's important that we study apologetics because it helps us to distinguish the truth from falsehood. Well, we will continue next week uh, in terms of the importance of Christian apologetics and where we're going this year in terms of our ministries. Uh, Hopefully, this episode has helped you, whether you're a Sunday school teacher or just a pew member at this point. We pray that um, this episode will help you to do better this year. All of us can do better. I can do better. You can do better. But again, we thank you for your prayers. We thank you for those who desire to financially support us and for those who have been supporting us. If you would like to donate, please go on our website. Uh, You can donate there. 
And remember, uh, do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.